Dashing through the waivers with one open roster spot. Over the projections we score. Crying all the way. Table format rocks. Making managers cry. Oh, what fun it is to eat at Waffle House all day. Oh, Dynasty, Dynasty, the boys' Dynasty. Oh, what fun it is to watch our players score nothing. Dynasty, Dynasty, the boys' Dynasty. Oh, what fun it is to watch our players score nothing. Wow. Welcome back, everybody. Week 7. Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I know you may have been expecting my voice at the start of this podcast, but instead, we got that lovely Christmas fantasy football song from my co-host, Sloan Schaefer. Hello. Good to have you, Sloan. And thanks for the song. It was You're a welcome. it was a wonderful start to the podcast. I think we should, you know, maybe have you record a song for every week. I think would be a, a good start. I think this is the beginning of intro music. It got me the holiday spirit really came to me. And I think this is going to be the catalyst for good intro music uh, from now on. I liked how in the song, it seemed like you were hitting the same note throughout the entire time. Like I thought that was like, were you smiling while you were singing it? Because I don't, I don't know if you were, were you smiling? I was definitely not smiling. I think I was too focused <laughs> on the lyrics and not screwing it up. Uh, but I was never in choir. I never was involved with anything uh, related to singing. So that's what you guys get. I love it. I loved the lyrics. They were well-written. I had no part of it. So full credit goes to you, Sloan. Thanks for that wonderful you song. Much. You're welcome. So yeah, we're back for week seven. We have a special guest this week. Special guest. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Well, boys. I'm glad to glad to be here. I'm your special guest. Today we're going over my team. Finally. We tried to have Austin on. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to be on. He's scared of having his voice forever recorded. Yep. If I was Austin, I would be scared too. Uh you know. It's I think I think if Tommy made it through, then anybody yeah. can make it through. So exactly. Oh. Sloan's rocking the high life tonight. 32 ounce high life. <laughs> Oh yeah. I feel like when you crack open a high life, it makes a different sound. Like it makes a different sound than just a regular can of beer. Yeah, it makes a sound of it. I mean, it's the champagne of beers. You don't hear the pop when you crack <laughs> this thing open. They should have like a cork that shoots out of the high life. They like, should just for fun. This is what I'm gonna be drinking on the uh, New Year's Eve, though. Really? It's champagne of beers. What are you doing there? You just drink champagne. Anyway. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, we're glad to be back for week seven. I'm your special guest. We'll get to my team later. I know we've all been dying for the analysis of my team, but we got to start it off with the standings and the results from last week. It was actually a pretty good week, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Well, before we start, I would like to point out that this is the first podcast we have recorded during a game. Oh, that's true. So yeah, pretty cool stuff. So we're able to actually do some live analysis on some of the players who are playing right now. Uh, we mm. currently have San Francisco playing at Tennessee. Um, so I, I don't know how many uh, big-name players are on the uh, playoff teams right now, but we'll get into that at, uh, at some point throughout the pod. Uh, I but like it. This past week, I'm really happy to see Colin do well. He's back yeah. in the playoff race. Um, 
which I, it, it, he has six points, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so it's just, it's really cool. Colin deserves to be up there fighting for the title. And he's within, if he wins next week, he'll be at least tied uh, with the points. I haven't looked at the total points scored, so I don't know what the tiebreaker would be if, if Tommy were to get second this upcoming week and Colin were first. But it's not going to be a blowout like uh, it could have been if Tommy had done uh, a first-place performance again. So I'm looking forward to the next two weeks and seeing how everything plays out. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it was great to see Colin's team show up. I got a little nervous for him when I saw he was starting Adam Thielen. I actually yeah. texted him and I said, hey, you might want to move him from your lineup because he's not playing. Um, but it was too late. It's been a, a horrible. I mean, if you look at Colin's bench, it's just COVID out, COVID out, COVID out. I if I I, I honestly can't believe how patient he's been. Because if it was me and I had Colin's team and every player was was getting COVID in the midst of injuries, I would be having a fit. So it's probably for the betterment of the entire league that it's Colin and his chipper attitude dealing with this rather than me. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he's handled it like a champ. Colin's uh, done – he's just been very positive this whole season. Um, and, and it's probably easy to do that when your team is as good as his is. Uh, but even with – him not getting a benefit of being the top team throughout the regular season, uh, him not getting that benefit in the playoffs. He was still positive, had a good attitude with it, and he's being rewarded with, yeah. uh, you know, a good performance this past week. Oh, yeah. He is – yeah, his team is in in prime position right now to take down Tommy, who had another good week, uh, finishing in third this week despite some unluckiness with injuries in the middle of the game. I know Mike Evans got hurt right at the start of a game, which is never a fun thing and, you know, able to overcome that. I think finishing second was great for him still in first place overall. Um, and then, you know, two more rough weeks from on good and Austin, both tied with four points at the bottom of the playoff standings. I'd love to get your thoughts. Do you think Austin and on good still have a shot? I know we didn't get updated playoff predictions from Matt this week, <clears throat> But uh, how are you feeling about their odds to win being down four points heading into the final two weeks? Well, like you said, they're down four points and they each have four points. And so the max they can have if, you know, let's say one of them is uh, the first place team over the next two weeks. Your max is 14. Tommy's already at eight and he's guaranteed to be at at least 10 um, by the end of the playoffs. I I don't think either of them have a shot. I want them to because I both I think they both have good teams and they uh, were really consistent throughout the regular season and hopefully that that'll continue to happen over the next two weeks. But I think the lead that Tommy has and Collins right up there with Tommy, I think they're too far away. With only two weeks left, it is it's it's difficult to get points, especially with the five point uh, top team. Uh, score and then three for second and two one I just I don't think they have a shot I want them to and I hope I'm wrong but I think it's between Tommy and Colin at this point what about you yeah I, I feel similarly I think the the you know Mark you know it's only week two we got two weeks left I think the biggest impact that Austin and Longa have is you know where 
Colin and Tommy actually end up finishing in the table. Cause I don't think it's fairly high odds that Tommy and Colin finished the bottom two. And then, you know, on good and Austin would be in the top two. So I think what they'll end up doing likely is messing with how Colin and Tommy score against each other. Cause I really do think that they are locked for the top two uh, finishers. I mean, Tommy at eight points, that is huge. You know, that's a lot of points to overcome. I think eight, if I would have had to guess before the playoffs started, I maybe would have guessed that the person who finishes third overall would have eight points. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's already accumulated a lot. You know, I think the table format is still great because it's not over for anybody. Tommy has a horrible week and Austin finishes first and then they're tied. So it really can turn around in one week, but it does feel like a two horse race at this point, especially when you start looking at how many players have COVID um, dealing with injuries too. I mean, I feel like the playoffs have, you know, I, I haven't been as invested this season because my team isn't in the playoffs. So I'm already kind of looking to the off season, but I feel like the playoffs have kind of been ruined by all of the injuries and COVID that's been going on. It's been hard to really appreciate fantasy playoffs when, you know, people are starting players that they never even dreamed about starting during the regular season. Yeah, I was going to say there's a reason that Tommy and Colin are doing are, are uh, at the top two spots right now, and that's because they have good teams. So you would assume that their teams are going to continue to perform over the next two weeks. But with COVID happening and players being out, nobody knows what their team is going to look like on Sunday. Um, so it's that makes it more difficult. I think they're probably both deep enough um, to with, uh, withstand some COVID uh, uh, players. But Tommy has an 82-point tiebreaker lead over Colin right now. And being able to make up 82 points in two weeks is going to be really hard. So I think that week one domination uh, that Tommy had – might help them out because there could be a tie for first at the end of the playoffs uh, with points and Tommy would have that tiebreaker. So Colin is still in it. If you know, Tommy just poops the bed over the next two weeks, but yeah, I don't know. How crazy would it be if Tommy won? How wild? I think it would be good. I think it'd be really good for the league. If you look at how Tommy has done, over the history of this fantasy football league, it hasn't been that good. And honestly, it felt like it was getting to the point where, well, is Tommy even trying? Is he even interested? Because, you know, he hasn't been doing well. Um, so I think it's it, it's going to be good. But if Tommy wins this year, maybe that's just – that's his swan song and he just doesn't care about any uh, subsequent fantasy football seasons and he'll just uh, live his glory days back for season one of the boys dynasty. Um, But I I think it would be good. Yeah. If I had to say after the draft who I was most concerned about quitting the league within a couple of years, no offense to you, Tommy, but just because of how I thought your, your team was looking post-draft, I was saying, Oh no, maybe Tommy will be out of this league soon because he's so tired of his team. But I think once you get a win in the first season that carries you for at least four years, right? You can have something to point to. I mean, and he's not even out of it for next year. Derrick Henry, he's, he lost Derrick Henry. Every other fantasy team you look at that loses, that has lost Derrick Henry has fallen apart. Somehow he still manages to be 
you know, top two teams in our league on a weekly basis with the loss of the best running back in the NFL this year. Yeah. I mean, Derek, let's be honest. Derek Henry's getting pretty old. Um, 28 next year. It's a lot of usage too. Um, but you look, you look at Tommy's team and it is really weird. It's so weird. It doesn't look like it should be as good as no. it is, but it is so good. George Kittle has been like the guy. Yeah. Over the past three weeks. Uh, and that's helped out Tommy a lot. And it's just, it's funny. Cause you look and you're like, how does he have this starting lineup and how is he a playoff team? And also in first in the playoffs. It's very, very odd. Um, but this week, you know, it's going to be a little weird for him. Hopefully Mike Evans is going to be healthy. Um, I, I don't know. I guess looking at his team now, I don't know how I feel about it going forward. <laughs> I don't think we've ever felt great about it, but somehow yeah, it's weird. It puts up some of the best scores in the league. It is crazy. Yeah. Well, Derrick Henry carrying him throughout the regular season helps out a lot. And that's part of the reason, a big part why he's in the playoffs. I mean, the the big un, unsung hero of his team has been James Conner because mm-hmm. the five weeks while Chase Edmonds was out, he put up double digits every single week. And yeah. two of those were over 29 points, which yeah. is week winners. Conner was still, even when Edmonds was healthy earlier in the season, Conner was getting all of the goal line touches. So he was able to get those touchdown boosts for his points. And it's just gotten even better. Uh, he's RB five. Yeah, he's had more. Uh, he's had more usage and had a huge increase in snap percentage when uh, once Edmonds went out, um, and it dropped this past week with Edmonds back. But I don't know. I, Edmonds, I I have him on my team, and I'm still not trusting him to start just because I think Connor has sort of won the role of not only the goal line running back, but just you know normal three down back uh, throughout the course of the game, regardless of the situation. Um, yeah. And, and Tommy's then, just got the intuition too. I mean, starting the Colts defense last week against the Patriots, who would have thought to do that? I would never have been, never have started the Colts D against the Patriots. Right. He just yeah. trusts his gut. Or he forgets to check his lineup, <laughs> switch out his players and he just gets lucky. Um, but I, I do think James Robinson, he's going to be helpful over the next two weeks. Cause he's, he got a ton more usage last week after urban Meyer left, um, his highest of the season, well, almost as highest of the season, but 16 points from James Robinson last week. And I think it's going to be similar to that over the next two weeks. Um, so he has guys who can consistently get, big amount of points um, and help them out over the next two weeks. But uh, yeah, it's hard not to only talk about Tommy's team. I know there's three other playoff teams, but if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, after two weeks that Tommy would be leading the playoff race, I would have never believed it. The league has just how much it's changed since draft day has been incredible what teams looked like, what the goals of the different teams are. I think Colin is the only team since draft day that I feel like the whole mission has not changed a single, you know, at all. He's been, he hasn't made any trades besides his first trade of the year. Everybody else has kind of teetered back and forth with how they think about their team. 
when you look at Tommy and Colin's team side by side, I'm going to pick Colin's team every time. On any given week, I'm going to pick Colin's team. Yeah. And looking at it now, it makes me think that Colin could win the playoffs. He has just studs on his team. And if they don't get riddled with COVID, then Colin has a shot, a really good shot, even though he's two points back and most likely won't get the tiebreaker at the end of the, the playoffs. Yeah. 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 I mean, Colin is fighting every injury he can. Kelsey COVID, Darren Waller hurt, Thielen hurt, Robert Woods out for the season, Kareem Hunt COVID. Kareem Hunt was carrying him at the start of the season. I mean, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. I think it'll be exciting. Ongood's team looks absolutely stacked for this week. Everybody's fully healthy. Jalen Hurts is looking great. I could see Ongood making a big comeback this week. I think his, his running backs have really let him down the last couple of weeks, but and Dak Prescott has been a huge disappointment. Uh, if Dak can pick it up for one game in the playoffs against the football team, I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens in that matchup. Yeah, things could completely change uh, this time, from this time uh, right now to next week. Um, but I still think it's a two-horse race. Uh, sorry, Austin, on good. It's got to be – I don't know how I would feel. Yeah, you're guaranteed money from making the playoffs, but if you don't have other people's draft picks, then you don't get a good draft pick. You know, you have old players on your team that might not perform as well next season. Looking at it from a dynasty perspective, it's tough to finish at the bottom of the playoff bracket. I mean, obviously the draft picks are already set or no, the draft picks are not set for playoff teams. Um, So, you know, finishing second is bad. Um, I think if Tommy finished finished uh, three or four, I think that would be that would hurt. Yeah. I don't know if he has his draft picks, but he doesn't. Oh yeah, he was like me and just traded them all away because turns out they're not going to be worth anything. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. yeah. I think we've I think we've spent a good amount of focus on the playoff teams, and I am proud of both of us for holding off on talking about the last week's results for both of our teams to, you know, we've been talking for 15 minutes now. We've not talked about either of our teams uh, too much at this point, but I'd love to get your thoughts on toilet bowl. Yeah. Two weeks. That's a two horse race for sure. I think at this point we're getting better at being impartial. And I think that's good. Yeah. Um, I said it at the beginning of the toilet bowl that it was going to be between Matt and myself and I'm right. So that's cool. Um, But (laughs) I still have, I believe I have the tiebreaker over Matt, which is very nice. I don't think it's that much. I think it's only 20 something points total. Um, And I'm also worried about my team going into this week. I have a lot of COVID players and injuries, so I really don't know how well I'm going to do. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm a betting man, I would bet on Matt to win. Um, But I think I'll be right, right next to him. I think I'll be competing. You have six COVID players, six players on the COVID list right now. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm hoping I'm just going to hold out and make my roster as flexible as possible up until Sunday when these players play. Cause the new COVID protocols, if you're vaccinated, like some of these guys on my roster that have COVID could still play on Sunday. Um, but it's just a matter of, I don't know. 
hope and luck, I guess. I don't know what to do. You may not have a starting quarterback this week, which would be absolutely incredible because you have six quarterbacks on your team. Yeah. Um, let's just run through it. Darnold's on IR. Baker has COVID. Goff has COVID. Uh, Taysom Hill has COVID. Has COVID. Yeah. So I only have Kirk Cousins and Mason Rudolph who are healthy. Oh, and Nick Mullins, but he's playing oh, right yeah, now. Oh, yeah, Nick Mullins. Oh, no, he plays for Cleveland. Oh, he's supposed to start this week, I think. Oh, do I, oh, I think I dropped him. No, you haven't. Oh, maybe you did drop him. him. Yeah, I think you did drop him. Yeah. You're right. I got a big makeup. Yeah. Right. I might do that. Well, right I don't know. Yeah. And then Leonard Fournette <laughs> going to IR. I think your team is in tough shape, but I don't know. Every time I say that, I have to bite my tongue because it ends up doing well because you have studs. Um, well, those are what make the difference. Look at Ayuk right now. He's playing as we speak. He only has 3.10 points right now, two receptions, 21 yards. And it's the it's the end of the uh, first half, so I'm not feeling good about that. I don't know. My team is terrible, and it's and that's fine. That's fine. I would love to have uh, 25 bucks in my wallet at the end of the season, but you know I'm not playing for that. And no. You just you just straight up do not care about the toilet bowl at all, and that's no. fine. As soon as Hawkinson went on IR, I just I like my the player my current roster as it is. There's no player that I would say, oh, I want to drop this for a Jared Cook or a Tyler Conklin. I think I'm fine to call it. And then Chris Godwin tears his ACL on Sunday, which hurt a lot mm-hmm. because he was kind of my cornerstone for next year. I'm not going to lie. And he'll probably be out until at least October of, of next year, which is a long time. Hopefully they re-sign Antonio Brown and he becomes the guy. I know Tom Brady loves Antonio. He loves his fake vaccine card. Uh, I don't, but I like his fantasy production. Um, So yeah, I'm just, I'm out of it. My team has not been good either. It's not like we've put up good performances and I think it kind of sums up my season. Honestly, the, the toilet bowl does and that I have this team that you look at the lineup and it's pretty good. I think you're like positionally you say, okay, there's the very few other teams that I would rank ahead of these position, the skill position groups on my team, but every week they somehow find a way to put up stinkers or be injured or, mm-hmm. um, find a way. So, you know, I think it happens some years. I'll come back stronger next year. Me and Chris will take some time off and, and we'll be ready for, for what next year holds. So I've called it. I think Dylan is still kind of in the mix. We're at the same point. Um, his team has cratered um, yeah. since the start of the season. Michael Pittman falling off a cliff. Marquise Brown falling off a cliff. Cortland Sutton falling off a cliff. Uh, you know, Dylan didn't want to make any trades at the start of the year. And I think now he's starting to pay for it a little bit because all these young players who were worth first pluses, you know, they're coming back to reality a little bit. I don't know if you can trust him quite as much as you used to be able to. Yeah, he has, I, I think he does have some hope. I like to talk about, um, you know, the positives with teams as all of my listeners know. Uh, he has Josh Allen. That's good. I mean, that's somebody you can base on Justin Jefferson as well. Uh, he's, that's a guy he'll be able to have for his entire career. Um, 
And Deshaun Watson, who knows what's going to happen with him over the offseason. Uh, something good could come out of that situation. Um, so he has he has some good things going for him, but also has some issues you got to deal with. And I think you could say that with most, if not all, the teams in the league. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I do not agree that something good can come out of the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, I think, I think fantasy that. wise, strictly, strictly, strictly fantasy, fantasy wise, wise yeah. could come out of the Deshaun Watson situation. Yeah, I just wanted to clear that up. Oh yeah, only the fantasy yeah. purposes. But he has Dobbins, Etienne. Next year is looking up for him. I agree. And then Mike and Brian. Mike, I think Mike's team this year was probably the most fraudulent team in terms of managing to be in contention. I think Mike would agree with that. He has said that his team's horizon is a couple years off, and yet somehow he was kind of lingering in the playoff picture. Um, in the playoffs, him and Brian have basically totally fallen apart. And honestly, it hasn't even been that big of a deal that they haven't showed up on the leaderboard because right. they haven't really mattered. Yeah. I, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen for both their teams. Yeah. I think everybody knows my opinion. I, I think they both did themselves a disservice by just betting on future seasons. Uh, but this is also the first season we've done dynasty. So it could work out and I could be completely wrong, but until then I'm going to uh, stand here and, and tell them my, my thoughts. Yeah, I think it's a, a natural transition into Brian's initial email that he sent out, kind of covering the QB dynasty rankings for all of the teams. Um, you know, this is where you've kind of seen Mike and Brian's strategies play out, I think, in the initial rankings. And I think we'll see it in the other articles that Brian st- sends out. Um, you know, I, I'd love to to get your thoughts on those QB rankings, uh, where we're at right now, Mike coming in number one, Brian coming in 10 two rebuilding teams at totally different positions of the dynasty QB rankings. How did you feel about Brian's list that he put together? I'm really happy that he did. I'm happy and grateful that he took the time to do it. Um, in terms of accuracy, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm ninth. So obviously I don't know anything about quarterbacks. I think I have a decent quarterback situation. Um, but I think he put a lot of time into this and I think he did a good job. Uh, obviously you're going to look at the quarterbacks that are performing now. And you're also going to look at the guys who are, who have the potential to perform in the future. And I think he did that. Mike has a lot of quarterbacks and he has a lot of young quarterbacks and those guys, you know, somebody has to be a quarterback for every team. And when you have, you know, one, two, three, four, five, how many does he have? Six? Six. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, you know, cast a wide net. And I know that's been Mike's strategy with quarterbacks. Uh, here's the second, which is, I don't know how I feel about that. You have Kyler Murray and, and Joe Burrow, which, are kind of your foundation for that. But the other guys, I don't know. What do you think about it? What do you think about Teddy, Mariota, Mitch, and uh, Davis Mills? I know you're pretty high on Davis Mills. He's looked good. I mean, the last couple of weeks. And, I, okay, I need to qualify this because I'm not watching any Houston Texans games. 
I'm watching the box scores and the box scores have looked good for Davis Mills over 300 yards last week or two weeks ago, brought home the win this past week against uh, Trevor Lawrence. Ever heard of him? First overall pick Davis Mills leading his team to a victory. Um, I, I don't love my backups, you know, to be honest. And like I've said in the past, don't be surprised if you see me draft a QB um, this year. You know, it's it's something that could be in my future. I like Kyler and Joe as the starting point. Um, but yeah, I don't know about the other guys. They're just kind of a shot in the dark. Bridgewater, yeah. I imagine, will start somewhere next year because he's good enough to start. But Mariota, Mitch, and Mills, we'll see what happens. I think the bigger issue I have with Brian's list is, you know, Mike's team is at the top. Um, and you know, if you look at Collins team in third, Pat Mahomes is good. Yes. He's one, he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, uh, not this year. He's not the best, um, dynasty. If we look at dynasty value. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Dynasty value. Yes. But I don't know if I like Mike's quarterback room a ton more than Collins. Um, because for Mike to compete in this league, one of these guys has to become really good, like top 12 quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes. And that could take two or three years from now. I don't know what kind of horizon Brian put these rankings on, but I think if we're, you know, if this is five years plus, sure, from a potential perspective, but if we're looking over the next two or three year window, I really do like Collins' quarterback room and Dylan's too. Um, it, you know, assuming Deshaun Watson comes back and is, you know, a top 10 quarterback like he used to be, um, I think I might put Mike's team in fourth just because of the uncertainty. Yes, they are yeah. great prospects, but I, dealing with prospects alone and this is something you have said on the podcast for weeks is that uh, prospects are scary you don't know what they're going to produce you know basically mike has a bunch of draft pick quarterbacks right now that he's hoping pan out well i think the future is uncertain which is true and the only thing that you can one of the only things that you can look at and i think the biggest piece of information that you can look at for any type of player in fantasy is what they've done in the past. So if you have young players, if you have rookies who have not played any NFL games, you don't know how they're going to perform. You could go back throughout the decades and point out top quarterback draft picks that haven't worked out. It seems like every season that happens. And you thinking that you're better than, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know. You look at some of these NFL teams that have had issues keeping a good quarterback for several years. What makes you think that you're going to be able to do that in fantasy? Uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I want the quarterbacks who are established and who I know have performed in the past pretty well. Um, which makes me believe that they'll do well in the future. I think quarterback's a weird situation, especially in a two-quarterback league. It seems like the teams that have done super well don't necessarily have the best quarterbacks in the league. It's a lot of skill, like other position players that have carried the teams and 
I, I, I haven't done any uh, statistics on it, but it seems like quarterbacks uh, scoring is pretty condensed um, throughout the league. Like it's not, there's not a, like, I don't know, you look at Josh Allen, like if he has a high week, how close is that to the average and and, and the bottom? Um, I, I don't think it's as big of a deal of a position as some of the other positions. Um, Cause I, you know, quarterback touches the ball basically every play uh, and that's for every team. So there's going to be guys who you might not think are going to be good fantasy producers, but they do enough to support the rest of your team. And the rest of your team are the guys that help you win the games. I totally agree. I think if you look at the playoff teams, they have had solid quarterback play and that's about it. Um, Jalen hurts obviously has been, I think the best quarterback in fantasy football this year and there's stats to back that up. He's been great, but all these other teams that have been in the playoffs have had one or two other stud players on their team that have been the ones to get them there. And the elite quarterback play, like you said, it's just not, there's not a, a huge enough gap between QB 18 and QB eight to really make a difference for your team making the playoffs. But the difference between RB six and RB 16 or RB eight and RB 18, you know, that's where you might start seeing five or 10 point swings, especially with potential, right? Cause those are a lot of boom bust guys. When you get to the RB 18, mm-hmm. that's really what starts to matter for a lot of these teams. So I, I fully agree with you. Yeah. Um, I think overall looking at, the uh, entry number one of the Dynasty Digest from Brian, I think it shows that there aren't many stud quarterbacks in the league. I don't know how you feel about that, but I just, it's a tough position for fantasy this season. Um, And I'm looking forward to future Dynasty Digests that go through power rankings for other positions. Yeah, I don't think the top, I think there's, really six guys at the top. It's Mahomes, Herbert, Allen, Murray, Jackson, and then maybe Dak. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Rodgers is still good. Uh, he's old, though. So I think it's there's six guys there. And then just about everybody else, I feel like it's can be a little hit or miss. And you're kind of playing the middle. And with these young guys, it's hard to see what's actually going to happen. I think the the bottom of Brian's rankings are are pretty spot on personally. Um, your team is a lot of middling quarterbacks. Yeah. And Brian's team, I know he'd said he didn't want to put himself below you because Mac Jones may be better than all those other quarterbacks. I think if Mac Jones has the fantasy production of Kirk Cousins over the course of his entire career, that would be a pretty good bar for him. Um, but yeah, I think things are bleak down there at the bottom. And honestly, it was interesting. I hadn't really thought about Austin's team that much having that grim of a quarterback situation, but he's got three old quarterbacks. Um, and Ryan Tannehill has had a pretty down year. Matt Stafford started hot, but he's hurt and hasn't been playing as well. And then big Ben, you know, he'll be limping off into retirement after this year. So I think Merritt has got to be a little scared um, because he won't have a backup QB going into next year. So it might be a draft target for him. Which we'll see how that plays out with his draft position. 
with yeah. him being in the playoffs this season. Yeah, I think it's a good year to be drafting a quarterback personally. Um, the best quarterback, there's four quarter, four, four or five really good quarterbacks in the draft, and not really good. There's four or five quarterbacks that will be drafted in the first two rounds, and it seems like it's kind of a crapshoot about who's going to end up being the best. It always is, but this year in particular, every set of rankings I've looked at has them different. So at the back end of the first, you may be able to get a good quarterback, which is definitely worth something. Yeah, I haven't looked into draft stuff basically at all because I have a fourth round pick and that's it. Uh, so I defer to you with all that stuff and I would probably agree with everything you're saying if I looked into it myself. I appreciate it. I'll be trading you for that fourth on New Year's Eve night. I'll go to Arby's for you. I was say bring an Arby's beef and cheddar and I'll be, I'll be willing to trade. Maybe your next jingle should be an Arby's jingle. I'd love to hear that. I'll reach out to them and see if we can get a sponsorship. Well, I mean, I'll go through Xander. Even if we just got a little bit more of exclusive Arby's coupons, I don't. I love the Arby's coupons when I get them. So maybe something that's a better deal than like two for five. Maybe we can get three for five, a three for five coupon. Three, three regular roast beefs. Obviously, you don't go to Arby's as much as I do, but three for five roast beef Arby's. Yeah, you guys are big into Arby's. It's kind of <laughs> kind of interesting, but I'm more of a McDonald's guy, but. Arby's is good too. I do like the the roast beef and the curly fries are incredible. Oh yeah, definitely agree. I'll send this uh, podcast to corporate <laughs> Arby's and they'll realize how big of an impact we have on their sales. Yeah, just just tweet at Arby's with the link to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I will do that. Uh, I'll do that. For the official Boys Dynasty Twitter account. Yeah, I hey Arby's. If you sponsor us, I'll stop swearing on the podcast. I swear. I swear. I mean, like I promise I'll stop swearing. Perfect. So, Just to get them. Arby's has the meats, but they don't want to be associated with a foul mouth, which I can understand. And that's fine. They got to make yeah. money. Exactly. Um, before we get into your team, would you like to talk about the current game that's going on? I'd love to, Sloan. Since we I have think it's a yeah. opportunity. It's fun. You know, we're doing this the night before Christmas Eve. That's how dedicated we are. We had a long week. Yesterday was tough timing. So we're getting on here. We have a live game right now. Niners are up 10 0 minute left in the second half, or is it it's halftime right now? Just about uh, halftime. I see a minute 20, but yeah, minute 20. We have a touchdown from Jeff Wilson four for 50 from Debo right now. Jeff Wilson is on Brian's team. I think he added yep. him. So, so nothing doesn't matter, but for the actual playoff teams, there is actually a bit going on. Uh, I think the biggest call out right now is the stinker that Ryan Tannehill is putting together 10 for 13 for 40 yards at this point in the game. Um, this is the last thing that Austin needs. And I think, you know, really ties closely back to the QB situation we've talked about. He started Tannehill. He started Tannehill this year. I mean, that's, that's it. It's Tannehill Why? and Stafford because that that's all he has. It's not, he's not going to start Ben Roethlisberger. Over Ryan Tannehill. Has he started Tannehill all season? He's been starting Tannehill all season. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was. I think I was watching the Titans game last uh, last week, and I thought, huh, like I remember thinking about drafting Tannehill, and then being happy that I didn't, mm-hmm. and thinking like, well, yeah, that's good because nobody's even starting him this season. Wow. Yeah. Well, that shows how much I know about fantasy. Austin is playoff team with starting Ryan Tannehill. So, yeah. Hey. I know. No AJ Brown this week. I don't think. Oh, he has he is playing this week. Okay. He had no catches last time I checked. So he's back this week finally. 
after a stint on IR, but it doesn't seem like it's helping. He has Julio and AJ Brown back. Nothing is happening. Team can't put any points on the board. Um, and he's, it may be over. Austin may know that he will not win uh, before he even leaves for Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So that's scary. Um, and then not I think, fun. yeah, not fun. And then you look at Collins team, Debo, 8.6 points in the first half. That's pretty great. Um, odds are he'll continue to get the volume in the second half. And uh, then Tommy with George Kittle, two yeah, for 21. That's, that's the biggest headline. Yeah, go ahead. Only three points going into halftime right now with for Kittle. Kittle's been helping Tommy out a lot. Not good. Yeah. it's uh, It looks like a bad fantasy game. I mean, Jeff Wilson getting the touchdown for the playoffs is not – doesn't really help anybody at this point. So I really hope Tannehill just turns it on in the second half and ends up getting 25 points. So we can just look back at right now. Yeah. And just feel like idiots, but Austin, your season's done. Pack it up. You're going home. Yeah. You're going to Hawaii loser. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun in Hawaii. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to get drunk in order to overcome this (laughs) loss in fantasy. That's how bad it's going to be. Oh, wow. But yeah, I like it. It's fun to be able to look at a game and kind of see how it's rolling because it doesn't look like this one will go into blowout territory because I don't think the Niners have enough of an offense to really put it there. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see if Tan Hill can actually put something up in the second half. I'm going to say likely no, but maybe he's just getting used to having AJ Brown and Julio Jones back. Yeah. I'd also say no, but cool. That was uh, our inaugural edition of, live football analysis (laughs) i think we did well yeah only a half of a game to analyze so pretty easy yeah maybe maybe uh next year we start doing twice a week and we record one like bill simmons does like right after the sunday games are over you know i think that'd be a blast yeah all right well let's talk about why we're really here uh typically i would bring on long awaited i know how excited you've been to do this and and how annoyed you've been that we haven't done it yet Mm. yeah everybody wants to hear about my team oh yeah um and i've talked about it i think people have heard about my team um but i'll I'll just start it off by kind of summarizing this year for me i was you know when i started this year i felt like i was a win now team that was kind of young Um, which sounds like a, something that shouldn't exist and it ended up not existing. Um, I, I think I made trades throughout the year that didn't really like stick to a strategy. Um, for example, I traded Mac Jones for Aaron Rodgers, and then I traded away Aaron Rodgers for Jerry Judy in a first. And then I traded away Elijah Moore for Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and I still have Jerry Judy. And so I think it's, it's been kind of a weird year for me because I didn't ever feel like my team was a playoff team. That wasn't really my goal heading into this year to make the playoffs and win, but it kind of just kept flirting with it throughout the course of the year, which I think ended up being a bad thing um, because I kind of made a last second push with Zeke, uh, you know, trading Elijah Moore in a first and Zach Moss in two fourths for Zeke and Darnell Mooney, which is essentially just Elijah Moore in a first for Zeke and Darnell Mooney. Um, and I think that that trade was a bit of a, not a panic, but a, 
something I'm kind of like, ugh, you know, I, I was just pushing for the playoffs and I thought Zeke would get me over the edge, but now I have, I think Zeke, if you look at my team, he's kind of the only player that makes absolute, doesn't really make any sense at all. Like being on my team. Cause it's a lot of young players with some older wide receivers, which I think are always helpful to have regardless of where you're at. But that's kind of my analysis of this year. Yeah. You finished fifth in the regular season, which is a tough spot to finish. Um, at least if you own your own draft picks and, and that's something that you're banking on. Um, but yeah, Zeke, I mean, he's been good this season, but he's getting old, high usage. And like you were saying, you do have overall a pretty young team. The player that kind of catches my eye when I look at your roster is Antonio Gibson. Can you, I, I want you to tell me about just your thoughts on him and how you felt with him. You picked him in the second round, seventh pick, uh, and he's done okay. I don't know if he's done as well as you would have hoped, um, but I'd, I'd like to, to let you speak on that. Yeah, I think my draft day, I got caught up in the hype of players. And if I could go back, there's definitely things I would change on draft day. Going Antonio Gibson, Clyde Edwards Alaire in the second and third round, um, I would not, not have even, you know, even after the first couple of weeks, I think I would have undone that. Uh, like I have mentioned many times, I spend a lot of time on Reddit. Uh, looking at fantasy football. And if you were on Reddit, Antonio Gibson was dubbed CMC light heading into this season. Wow. Um, which honestly better than CMC this year. Cause at least he plays. That's true. Um, but not getting the pass catching usage that we expected. His yards per carry has gone down quite a bit. Um, yeah. I think he's just an RB two, And I think he's a good RB two, and he's still really young. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Clyde a good young RB two, uh, still the best running back on his team, which is all you can ask for. Um, you know, not all you can ask for, for drafting them in the second and third round, but I still think any Antonio Gibson is a, you know, if you wanted to trade me for him, like I would want a first and a young asset or two firsts because he's a starting running back and, and he's a workhorse and he gets all the carries. And that is hard to find in the NFL. There are not a lot of running backs who get that. So I'm still high on him. I'm going to hold him into next year. I think the football team has been a disaster this year with their quarterback getting hurt at the start of the season, you know, and then Heineke, who's just very middling. Uh, you know, it, it's been a disappointing year for WFT. So yeah, I like Gibson. Yeah. I, I think he's had, he's been, he's been okay this season. Um, slightly disappointing, but he's so young. Yeah. And he has the skill to become a really good player. I hope for you that this was an outlier season for him and that he turns into something that is just monstrous in terms of fantasy points. I also really like CD lamb. Um, he's, it, I wish I could have him on my team. <laughs> Young guy, just a good wide receiver. And uh, he's a good contrast to uh, Antonio Brown that you have also on your roster. So, I mean, CD Lamb's going to be your guy going forward because um, Antonio Brown, I mean, 
you're not expecting him to be on your roster, you know, two years from now, maybe not even next season. Um, but I, I like your players overall. Hawkinson, how have you felt about him? You were pretty high on, on TJ Hawkinson going into the season, weren't you? I was flexing was, after yeah, two was, weeks, yeah. He was like your guy. I, I was like, oh, how'd draft. you let Hawkinson fall to the seventh round to me Yeah, uh, early on in the season? And I still feel that way. I think Hawkinson is a top five tight end in the NFL. You know, Detroit is a mess of a situation. He's out for the rest of the season, which honestly I'm happy about. It's not a huge injury. It's just uh, like this guy is a stud. Let's keep him healthy. I think at the tough part about tight ends is that when teams are really bad and can't pass or can't block, they end up being called in to be an extra blocker. And so, you know, Hawkinson is a true tight end. He's not a slot receiver who also plays, who's listed as a tight end. So I think that makes it a little bit more difficult to trust him every week right now, but he's only 24. Um, I like his youth. I think, you know, you talked about CD lamb, Antonio Brown. Those are two great guys. What I'm really interested in to see for my teams is when Brian does his rankings of the positions, you know, that he's going through right now, I don't think in any of the positions from a dynasty perspective, I'll be outside of the top five across anything, QBs, wide receivers, running backs, picks, tight ends, like it'll be interesting. I think I have a really good team going forward. Um, I'm obviously biased and I say that every year and every year people give me shit about it. Um, you know, the injuries have been tough, but I'm really excited about Javante Williams. I think he is the biggest player on my roster for next year. Uh, there's a lot of, he's a stud. I think if Melvin Gordon gets re-signed, that really hurts. And I'm sad about it. I still think he'll find a way to be the 1A. But, I mean, in the one game he led the backfield, he is a... He's a bull. He runs through people. He is a monster on the field. I think he's got that kind of like electricity that when you see a young running back, I don't quite see it with Gibson or Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but just the ability to run people down that you kind of get with Jonathan Taylor. I think he's, and I think on it, my bold prediction is that if Javante Williams owns the backfield, he'll end up being a better dynasty asset than Najee Harris mm. um, by the end of next year. So could be. We'll see. I like my, I, yeah, there's a lot of things I like about my team. I like my depth of receiver. I like my young running backs. I don't think I would trade my team for anything else in the league, but I haven't mm. proven that I can win and score consistently high points. So that makes it difficult. Yeah. You got close to making the playoffs and you look back over the season. If other if certain things went your way, you might've, might've been competing right now uh, for the title. I want to ask what year is your year? What are you shooting for? because i know you love this investment and i know brian and mike are into it as well just investing in the young guys and the draft capital to build something but i also think you have to have a goal so when when will the title run be have flexibility sloan i don't have to commit to any year i think there any year my team could win a championship it's that good. But I think that a player like Calvin Ridley, if he doesn't play again, that would be really, if he doesn't play again, that would really hurt my chances. 
Um, I was feeling like next year was probably my year because I was thinking Javante would own the backfield. I'll have CD and Godwin as my wide receiver one and two and Zeke will have his final year or maybe one of his last two or three years. Who knows? Um, but you know, as injuries come in and there's uncertainty, I don't know if next year ends up being the year I, you know, I'm going to try and target it, but I think the last thing I want to do is go all in on a specific year to win. And we've seen it this year, the studs are getting hurt. They're getting COVID. I think the worst thing you can do in fantasy football, unless your team is truly on the edge of falling apart and like, you know, that this is your last year to contend is to go all in on a certain year. Because I think if you do that, then like, there's no guarantees when you get in the playoffs, like people get injured, another team goes off and you've spent all of your draft capital, all of your youth. And now you have a second or third place finish for that. Like that's nothing. Yeah. I think we've talked about this before on a previous episode, but the enjoyment that we get out of fantasy, I think most of it comes from trying to build something Mm -hmm. as opposed to actually winning the league. Yeah. Whoever wins the league this season is going to be really happy and really excited. (laughs) And that's great, but we're all going to be focused on the off season and building for future years. So even if I never win the title, that just you know gives me the opportunity to try to build something and try to figure things out. And I think that's where I get the most enjoyment. And I'm sure you, Mike, and Brian, and some of the other guys would agree with that. Totally. Yeah, it's uh, I'm in it, I'm in it for the dynasty. Yeah, enjoy the process. That's what it's about. Yeah, because you never know. All you can do is put your team in the position to be a winning team. And I think that is my goal for my team is be in the position to capitalize on another team going down on, on sneaking into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have a lot of young guys and who knows how they'll fully turn out. I think I have more proven assets than draft picks or, you know, speculative assets. Um, so I think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. That one's for you, Austin. Um <laughs> But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. I love the off season. And if I won a, a given year, my focus would immediately turn to next year because Mm-mm. that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for the off season to start. I, I mean, I know I'm going to be trading a bunch and I'm sure you and Mike and, you know, maybe some of the other guys, who knows, but I'm just going to be trading as much as I can. I cannot wait. Yeah. I've, texted like four different people about off-season trades and I made a ton of trades this year. I mean, I'm I'm trying to count how many I made. Let me do this real quick. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be uh it'll be a great year for off-season trades cuz there's so so many teams are kind of reassessing where they're at in the league and what their needs were. You know, I think I saw for myself when Kyler went down, I, my team kind of turned to a wreck. Um, you saw with your team when your running backs went down, like that's why you missed the playoffs because you didn't have handcuffs. So mm-hmm. every team gets to kind of reassess what their goal is, what they feel like they messed up on in the prior year. And I think it's going to be a really fun off season. Yeah. I think right after week 17, when our playoffs finish is going to be a big time for trades and also around the actual NFL draft day, uh, seeing where the rookies go and, and maybe some of the guys wanting to trade some of their draft capital to 
get the opportunity to take a player who maybe they didn't think was going to go to a certain team or fell to a, a, a team that's going to be, uh, you know, that has a good quarterback, like, you know, David Bell going to a, like Kansas city or something, someplace with just a stud quarterback. Um, I'm, I'm so excited for it. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm definitely looking forward to the draft and honestly, I'm just excited about like being a part of the league and I love it. I love, appreciate Brian, Matt, Mike, uh, and everybody else for being a part of the league, but you guys for making content, contributing to the success. Um, I love that we have a podcast and get to read all this, you know, stuff about it. Fantasy football is one of the highlights of my, my week from working every day when I'm at work, I'm just thinking about fantasy. So uh, yeah. Thanks to everybody. If I, if I do end up becoming a dynasty team, it's all thanks to you guys. So appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we pretty much covered everything we could cover over the past uh, uh, seven, eight days that's gone on since the previous episode. I agree. I think we've, we've caught in everything and I think everybody is in a special treat next week. Assuming we're all healthy, knock on wood. And uh, assuming we can technologically figure it out. Yeah, we'll be able to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be a live podcast. Me, Sloan, oh, boom, Dill, all together, one room, talking it out. Dill's going to get real defensive. I'm going to get real aggressive. And I'm going to get real drunk. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> We all might be there, but yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Well, so, yeah, yeah, we've talked about this. The problem is we have everybody there who's going to listen to the podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll just be so, the three of us. So, I, hey, look, I listen to everyone. I want to improve. Oh, yeah. I want to get better. So, it'll be good. Sure. I'm looking forward to it. For sure. All right. Well, cool, Sloan. Good catching up with you. Thanks for having me on the pod this week to talk about my team. Uh, I look forward to the guests we have next week and Dylan. And hopefully, we don't know who the champion of the league is, but. You never know. It'll be exciting to see what happens this weekend. Yep. All right. Talk to you later, son. Yep. God bless.